Welcome to Oshokyo, our Sailor Moon podcast. I'm Kim. And I'm Isha. And in this episode, we'll be talking about episodes 122 to 127 of the original Sailor Moon anime, Sailor Moon S. We made it. Oh my god. We gosh. made it! <laughs> I've been really surprised by watching this season because I remember loving it when I watched it the first time. Uh-huh. And I don't love it i well i mean we're older now anime has come a long way storytelling on television has come a long way you know yeah um i think that's a big part of it like this format it wasn't made wasn't written to be watched it wasn't written to be binged you know no yeah you would see these week to week you might miss an episode or two you know so I think just watching them all in one go, it it's not as enjoyable because this wasn't this wasn't the way it was meant to be absorbed, you know. Yeah, I wonder if I would enjoy it more if I watched like one episode a week. It would take me like what four years. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'd appreciate it more. Yeah, well, and also we're no longer the demographic it was written for, you know. Yeah, it's well, true. When we first watched it, we were. We were the age this was meant for. And even still, I think not just our age changing, but just the general culture changing. Because mm-hmm. it's it's hard to say like, oh, it's so 90s because it's it's so 90s, but for Japan. And I didn't experience Japan in the 90s. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But I will say, though, like um, how some people like retro media. I've noticed that my nephew is specifically digging up 90s animes, and that's kind of his thing right now. Fascinating. Yeah, so there is an appeal, but it's niche now? It's it's very strange to me that uh, stuff that came out in the 90s is now, like, classic or vintage. Yeah. <laughs> Watch some vintage anime from the 90s. <laughs> oh my gosh, it does feel a little... It's very strange. Yeah. Anyway. Like, I don't know if our parents ever felt, like, that hit quite as much because they were occupied with, like, children and community stuff. And anyway, this is, we're not going to talk about, like, the slow degradation of community um, worldwide. Existential (laughs) dread sinks in. Anyways. (laughs) Anyways. We're going to focus instead um, on, like, a sort of Ami episode because that's what episode 122 is. Yeah, a little bit. I was a little surprised because, like, the, the title of it is, like, Kind-Hearted Ami. And I'm like, we're getting an Ami episode? <laughs> like, we have six episodes left. Like, we don't have time to spend on a senshi. And, and they really didn't. <laughs> and, no, it's, I mean, like, it opens with how it closed last time, what like where the inners are talking about how they have to infiltrate Megan Gakuen because uh, Telu was a student there. Mm-hmm. And, um... Isaki comes running up and congratulates Ami because she just scored a perfect score in a national practice exam. And Ami kind of downplays it. She's like embarrassed by everybody being really uh, enthusiastic about her accomplishment. She's like, well, there was somebody else who also scored a perfect score and it's Yui Bido of Mugen Gakuen. And they're like, okay, that's suspicious because one, no one's smarter than you. <laughs> <laughs> Two, it's Mugen Gakuen. 
And so they decide to infiltrate because there's going to be like this big exam. And I'm not sure if they clarified if this is like the exams people take to get into Mugen on like various levels. I don't know. I was very confused. (laughs) Yeah. Like Ami has a ticket for it because apparently it's very exclusive, which tracks. Um, And so they're like, well, we'll all go with you. And then we cut to Vilui, who's plotting to take the pure hearts of all of the examiners, uh, kind of continuing the, like, oh, so everybody has a pure heart now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and <laughs> she decides she's going to take these pure hearts using nanobots that she's created, and that's fine. She's also, like, really mean to Kaoli Knight. Mm-hmm. Uh, cut she, to Yeah, she Memorial. just flat out bullies her. Yeah. But, like, Kaylee deserves it. <laughs> I mean, yeah. She also likes to say shut up a lot, at least in the English translation. Mm, I was also like, wow, that's really mean. And then I thought, yeah, but look at the target. So, fuck her. Yeah. Mamoru is in sitting in traffic, and then he spots Chibiusa kind of running down the street. And he calls out to her, and she stops, and she's like, hey. He's like, what are you doing? She's like, stuff. And ducks into an alley. <laughs> And he can't, like, get out of the car because he's in traffic. And then, like, as he starts to move, he notices that Setsuna has appeared and is also following Chibiusa into that alley. Mm-hmm. And uh, we find out that Chibiusa is at Hotari's old home, uh, just standing there and staring at it, wondering where her friend is. And, like, in these episodes, in these four episodes, I know I said six, but in these four episodes that actually matter in terms of plot, um... <laughs> Chibiusa breaks my heart. Like, this is the purest form of friendship. Yeah. She just misses Hotaru, and she just... It's really sweet and sad. Um, But yeah, she just kind of shows up to the house, and just nobody's there. And um, should we just kind of... This this is just a little mini arc that runs in the background, so it, it doesn't really tie in with the rest of the story, but we just kind of clip back and forth to it. But, uh, I mean, ultimately, like, Mamoru and Setsuna go to check on her, and they're like, what are you doing? What's wrong? What's go- what are you doing here? And she's like, well, I'm just waiting in case Hotaru comes back. And it's, it's sad. <laughs> it really is. I really feel for Chibiusa. Um, anyway, we cut back to Megan where all of the inners have arrived. And I really like that their school crest is, like, the Deathbuster star with an infinity symbol inside of it. Because mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I discussed in, like, previous episodes that Mugen means infinity. Right. Um, anyway, there's a bunch of people there. Uh, and Bilui, as Yui Bido, like, finds Ami, starts talking to her, and eventually does drag her away. There's some discourse there about, like, pure logic has to be tempered with emotion because you're still dealing with people and like yeah you should use knowledge for good and the com- UEB though is like bullshit <laughs> yeah the conversation um kind of starts off because Ami goes with her um she shows her like this mini universe before we get there this is before we get there this is when like oh. Vili is talking to all the friends being like well if you're friends with Ami clearly all of you must be smart like what are you good at and Isagi's like I'm good at napping eating and and uh <laughs> video games or something and it's precious yeah and Vilui thinks she's just joking and it's like "Mm." (laughs) nope but she does 
she does eventually drag Ami away, and so the other four are like, all right, let's split up and investigate. Yeah. And that's when we get Bilibi taking Ami down into the basement. Mm-hmm. So you see this, like, dome that's con- containing, like, this little universe, um, and uh, Bilibi is basically just kind of, like, showing off, like, yeah, I showed my students how to do this, and Ami is like, your students, you're a teacher, and she explains that students with really high grades also get a chance to teach. And Ami is like, well, that's not a good idea because just because you're smart doesn't mean you make a good teacher because you also need to have empathy for your students and um, care whether or not they succeed. And that's kind of where that conversation continues where um, Vilui berates her and is just like, no, you just need to be smart, you know. <laughs> yeah, she calls her like kind-hearted in an, in a derogatory fashion. Yeah, it's like the kind-hearted Ami Mizuno. Parentheses derogatory. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, Vilui goes to Professor Tomoe and Kaylee Knight and is like, I think Ami Mizuno is a sailor senshi. I'm gonna get her to reveal herself, and Kaylee Knight is like, I was gonna do that, uh, and Vilui like literally throws her to the ground. Yeah, she does. She just assaults her. Yeah, she's just like, get out of the way. Like, no, you don't need to be here. Uh, Anyway, like, we see that, like, all of the kids start their exams. And this is pretty advanced for the mid-90s because all of them are doing their exams on the computer. Mm -hmm. We take electronic testing for granted nowadays, but that was definitely not the norm for a really long time. Like, I mostly took pen and paper yeah, I mean, even up through... Until, like, until like the 2010s. Yeah, I was gonna say, like, we graduated in 06, and we were still mm-hmm. all paper tests up through then, you know? Yeah. I mean, the most advanced we had is those those green and white sheets with the columns on them that you bubble in, and then they send it the through scantrons. a machine. Yeah, the scantrons. Yeah, that, that was pretty much, like, standardized testing with Scantrons. Like, that was as computerized as it got. It's like, wow! Advancement! Mm-hmm. You had to be careful how you bubbled it. And if you bubbled it off one. Oh. Oh, oh God. That was painful. It's like, you, yeah. you would have gotten all of this right, but you missed a line. Yeah, the sheer terror <laughs> I would have. Like, I would, I would do, like, three questions, and then I would stop and be like, did I... Make sure everything lined up. <laughs> anyway, um, the exam computers start sealing all these hearts. Isagi and Minaka see this, and they like immediately get down to business. They're like, "Okay, we have to alert the others. We have to meet up." Minaka's like, "There must be a centralized computer where it's collecting all of these hearts. We have to go find it." And that's what they do. Like, it's very businesslike. There's no goofing around. Or nothing. Uh, in the meantime, we see Harika and Michiru rushing down to the basement. Um, I don't know why they do this not transformed. I know it's for plot reasons, but it's also just like, okay. Yeah. Anyway, they run down to the basement. They find Puppet Hotaru, and they're like, all right, it's time for a murder. And then Ami comes out of nowhere <laughs> and is like, I won't let you commit a murder. Uh, and then stalls for enough time for Vilui to show up and do Mosaic Buster on... Haruka and Michiru, so they go down. And the pacing Ami of trans- this, the pacing of this episode is super weird because it's like they go to this place and they go to this place and they show up and then she's there, and like 
There's a lot of cuts. It's re- yeah, it's really hard to like explaining it. It sounds like word salad, you know. Mm-hmm. But basically, Ami and Haruka and Michiru find this room all at the same time, and then mm-hmm. B. Louis shows up, and then they fight. You know. <laughs> yeah, and then they fight, and then um, Ami transforms, and B. Louis like, ah, so you are essentially. Uh, and mostly overpowers Ami. Like, Ami gets a couple attacks in, but, like, Mosaic Buster mostly takes her down. Then Haruka and Michiru are like, haha, the the heat's taken off of us, and so they transform and do a uh, world-shaking deep submerge double attack, which weakens Vilui just in time for Sailor Moon and the others to arrive, and Sailor Moon does a Rainbow Moon heartache. This doesn't kill Vilui. Uh, it just, like, destabilizes whatever the programming of the nanobots are. So instead of attacking them, the nanobots attack Vilui and kill her. And Ami is like, this is why, like, you can't just use pure logic. The, these robots that you just programmed to, like, act in one way don't have the emotion or the capacity to make a different decision. Yeah. I don't think they clarified that as much in English. Oh, yeah. that's what it was in Japanese. I actually really like the message that Ami sends, where it's just, like, it's kind of counterculture to Japanese society, mm-hmm. which is, like, you have, like, if as long as you're smart and do well on tests, like, you're golden, and Ami's like, it's not just about book smarts. You have to be able to understand the people that you're doing. Science should not be used for evil. It should be used to better mankind. And that's such a good message. I'm yeah. like, it's so, it's so bad that this is not a good episode. Yeah, because it's <laughs> because got it a good message. Such a good message. Yeah, I'm like, you should have done this like five, six episodes ago. Mm-hmm. I was annoyed. Anyway, all of the pure hearts are restored. I don't know if these kids continue taking their exams. They might. <laughs> it's a monster of the week episode. Yeah, the room crumbles, Puppet Hotaru and her throne vanishes, the others get out of there. And then the episode ends with, like, Haruka and Michiru scolding Ami for getting in their way, but then thanking her for saving their lives. Right. And I'm like, can you just, anyway. They can't. No, they can't. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm I'm so stressed out by Haruka, like, every day. I know, I know. (laughs) Um, But the next episode is pretty story heavy the next episode the next uh comes at you like a sledgehammer 123 yeah uh, uh literally titled the messia of i say like messia because that's how they say it in japanese it's messiah mm-hmm. but like because i've heard messia so many times like my brain is like ah yes the messia <laughs> <laughs> okay anyway the mess the messiah of silence awakens um and it opens with all of these Mugen students being hypnotized to come to the building, presumably to have their pure hearts extracted for Puppet Hotaru. We see Chibiusa's, like, in the bath, and, like, Usaki's, like, showering before she gets in the bath, because that's, like, a thing in Japan. You have, like, not having a bathtub, if you don't take a bath, like, sitting in a bathtub bath, like, Japanese people are like, you're unclean, a shower is not enough. But you have to shower before getting into the tub. Yeah, you clean your body before you soak. Yeah. Yeah. So, Chibisa's already in the tub. Usagi's, like, preparing herself. And, like, Chibisa's clearly, like, thinking about Hotaru. And Usagi, like, moves to to be comforting and, like, starts, like, a nice sentence. And then immediately slips on soap on the floor and, like, falls into the tub. And this is 
perfect because like she and Chibi used to just play with each other in the bath like they just like dunk each other it's great it's exactly what she it's a cute yeah it's a cute very playful scene between the two of them it's a very familial type scene you know and then um when they're done playing you see Usagi kind of you know bitter good good night as she heads to bed um and then it's cute it's very cute yeah and then and then Luna and Artemis are there yeah they're like, anyway, here's what's happening at Mugen Gakuen. And so Usagi decides that she has to leave Chibi's behind. Yeah. And she heads off to, to the academy. And um, we see Professor Tomoe speaking with um, Cyprine. Cyprine? Mm-hmm. I say Cyprine. It could be Cyprine. I think, I think Cyprine, um, is it, isn't it a stone? I think so. Because I think the stone's pronunciation is Cyprine. Anyways. Talking, she's the last, uh, the last of the witches five, and um, they say she's the most powerful, quote unquote. But who knows what that really means? Um, I mean, she's level nine hundred ninety nine in the manga, so that's pretty powerful. Yeah. Anyway, she says like clearly, Puppet Hataru needs more pure hearts because um, Professor Tomoe is like, oh, she's she's quite weakened, and like while Supreme's talking to Professor Tomoe, like Haley and I just like appears hanging upside down like a bat or like. <laughs> The ghost from the ring. She just kind of does Kaolinite things. Yeah. And uh, Supreme acts passive aggressive because she notices Kaylee Knight like hovering in the background because Tomoe's back is to her. And Kaylee Knight is like, well, I'm going to get the purest of hearts. I'm going to get Chibiusa's heart because that's her best friend. Uh, anyway, Supreme's extracting hearts from students and then like Moon and the Inner show up and they do their henshin. Um, Supreme teleports them inside and they fight. And so they attack Supreme. Inside the building. Into, yeah. In, yeah. Inside. <laughs> they're like in an office. Yeah. they. She teleports them somewhere inside of the building. Um, they fight. Supreme splits into herself and Pitalol. And all of their attacks are basically sent back at them. And so the Anners are like, well, we have to figure out a plan to be her because clearly we can't just do it the normal way yeah some of the um some of the translations um use the name pratella for pitalol um what yeah pratella i think is that what the english dub the new english dub uses yes pratella yeah pratella and i i did a quick search it looks like that's um I don't know. It looks like it's a, the pronunciation in more than one uh, format. But uh, huh. I don't know why. It's probably just because it's harder to say print at all. It, it's spelled P-T-I-L-O-L. Yeah. And so it is it is like a weird thing to say. Yeah. It's very unkind Any- to my speech impediment. That I can say. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyway, so I'll probably uh. be saying Pratella, but we're talking about the same person. Mm-hmm. So Chibiusa has a nightmare of Hotaru being crucified and being dragged down to hell. It's very dark. It's horrifying. I like, but then again, like when I see like Hotaru being crucified, I'm, it just reminded me about when all of the Innes were crucified in Sailor Moon R with Rubius. Yeah, it's an iconography they like. <laughs> yeah, they look. Japanese people love seeing people being crucified. <laughs> it's <laughs> super dramatic. I I feel like I'm gonna get in trouble for saying that. <laughs> If, like, the people who produce anime, I can say this, really love having crucifixion imagery. Yeah. I mean, 
That's that's not the entirety of Japan. That's just the people who do anime. Let's say there's a lot of American uh, directors who like that imagery as well. I mean, look, it's we're not. I'm not going to get into it. It's a whole other story, though. Anyway, it's a whole different thing. That is like that is a conversation that I have with you on a couch while we're drinking like melon ramenes. <laughs> okay, that's. That's right, kids. We don't drink wine. We drink rum. Today. I'm allergic to uh, alcohol. <laughs> uh, anyway, she she goes to Hatari's house. She's like, I'm going to find clues. And then transforms outside of it. And Kaylee Knight, who you, was like wait, waiting for her. Are we talking Chibi Moon? Chibi Moon hits you. Got a- yeah, she, yeah. Chibi Yusa shows up to Hotari's house and then transforms to Chibi Moon. Right, okay. Yeah, and when she transforms, like, Kaylee Knight is, like, waiting inside the house. Like, she knows somehow that Chibiusa comes there. Uh, and it's like, ah, so she's a senshi too. So, like, it's a twofer, right? Like, take out a senshi and get a pure heart. Uh-huh. Um, and so Chibi Moon is investigating the house, and it's really creepy. And then Kaylee Knight almost gets her, and Tuxedo Mask, like, blocks it. But Kaylee Knight eventually throws Chibi Moon out of a window, at which point Pluto has shown up, does a dead scream. Um... But ultimately, Tuxedo Mask and Pluto fail to protect Chibi Moon, and she still gets got by Kaylee Knight, and yep. they disappear. She just kind of, like, flies off, disappears, teleports type thing. The whole thing like she did with Hotaru when she, like, showed up, like, grabbed her, and then vanished into the air. Yep. <laughs> uh, we cut back to Moon and the Anners fighting against Cyprian and Pitalol, uh, and we see first season attacks. We get Fire Soul, we get Moon Tiara action. Mercury uses a Shabon spray to, like, cover the room in fog, and then, like, Mars and Jupiter, like, basically tag-team to, like, maneuver Cyprian and Pitalol so that instead of attacking the Sentry, they're attacking each other, and that's how she gets defeated. So just like some of the last few Witches 5, ultimately, they're defeated by destroying themselves by accident. And honestly, like... The Witches Five have never been killed by Essentially, They've only ever been killed by themselves. Yeah. They they So like Udiel was killed by Mehmet, Mehmet was killed by Telu, Telu was eaten by her plant. <laughs> uh Vilui's nanobots took her to pieces, and Cyprian and Pedal all killed each other. Yep. Although that last one was an accident. Anyway, it's nice you get to see the Sailor team be logical and like actually good at their jobs, which we don't get a lot. Especially in this season, I feel like there's a lot of times when the the characters are just there. They show up, something happens, so they get um they get paralyzed or they get stuck to something or they get bound up by something. There's they're always they show up but then they don't get a chance to do anything. And ultimately it's either the outer senshi or Sailor Moon herself or just a couple characters that actually contribute to the fight, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I I mentioned this uh, during another episode is I don't think they knew how to handle working with this many characters. But finally, no. yeah, but finally in this battle, I mean, it, it's limited to the inner senshi, but and finally in this battle, they're like, OK, let's write in their actual attacks, their actual um, abilities and have them working together. So it, it's it is satisfied. I wish we could have had more of this all season, but um, I think they really wanted to just kind of build to this moment. Yeah. 
Uh, anyway, Uranus and Neptune have like been in the building completely separate to them, and they finally get to Tumboy's secret lab, and he's cackling, and then he turns, and he reveals that he has Chibi Moon, who is unconscious on a slab, and everybody else arrives at Moon. Looks like an altar. It does. It's a slap, though. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, it's like the desk that he's been cackling over. He's just like, all right, now I'm going to put this child here for dramatic effect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so she looks like a sacrifice set on an altar. Yeah. Which is what she is. And then I can't recall exactly what keeps the senshi back, but like, there's a force field. Back. Yeah, there's a force field. They, oh. they try to approach, but it's like, ah, you know. Yeah, anyway, Puppet Hataru shows up, and the pure heart is extracted, and Chibiusa detransforms, and she sees Puppet Hotaru and, like, literally her last words before she quote-unquote dies is, oh, I'm so glad you're okay. Yeah. She sees her friend, she doesn't know that that's not her friend, and then, like, the pure heart crystal gets eaten by Puppet Hotaru. Uh, and we finally get Mistress Nine, whose first action is to blast Kaoli Knight into hell. Yeah, and it, that moment made, like, I thought maybe they'd have to fight Kaoli Knight again, but not really. She's. No. And now she's dead again. The Deathbusters really take the death part of their name seriously. <laughs> they should probably stop applying it to themselves so often. Yeah, it's like, guys, you call yourself Deathbusters because you kill other people, not yourselves. Apparently not. <laughs> and then they say that they're going to prepare for the next phase. Yeah, so uh, Tamoe and Mistress Nine disappear. Uh, the building starts to collapse. Like, Sailor Moon grabs Shibisa and they all exit the building. Tuxedo Mask and Pluto are waiting outside, along with the cats. And then, like, Sailor Moon is like, what about the other, what about the students? And I was really happy, like, it, it's a very throwaway, like, two-line, and, like, the like Artemis says, like, oh, we let the students out earlier. And it's one of those things where, like, 100%, and, like, here's a criticism, and it's just like, what happened to these students? Like, that's a thing that happens in other shows and other movies, and it's like, no one mentioned this ever again. And they had enough forethought to be like, someone's going to ask about these students. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was wondering about them and I, I missed the line, but at least the, at least it was there. <laughs> yes. All of the students were evacuated. Like yeah. the cats got them out. And like, I feel like if you were, regardless of age, because Mugen Gakuen serves from like preschool to college and like a couple of talking cats were like yelling at you to leave I, and you're at school in the middle of the night and it's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm just going to follow this. I don't know how I got here. I don't know why the cats are talking. I don't know why there's a creepy statue, but I, yeah, we better go. <laughs> yeah, it's like this This sounds like a good time to leave. Uh, and then we just like rough cut to Mamo's place where it's just Mamoru, Usagi, um, the inners, and then Chibiusa. And like Artemis says, like, Mamoru's life force is now connected to Chibiusa, so her body will be sustained. Um, and then Pluto's there and says, like, yeah, so Uranus and Neptune are going to kill Mistress Nine and, like, Hitaru, because clearly this is a thing. Because when she first transforms into Mistress Nine, like, the shock is like, oh, it's not Sailor Saturn. It's something else entirely. Yeah. So it's the same in both the manga and the anime, where everyone's like, oh, that's not Sailor Saturn. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, uh, and as a side yeah, note, and that's the end. Yeah, as a side note, though, so the but building doesn't entirely collapse to the ground. The it's just like some of the upper stories explode and collapse in. There's still like a big section of the building that's still there, which is important because that's where a lot of the the story and the coming episodes takes place until it winds yeah. up totally leveled. But we'll get there. It's not leveled yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not completely destroyed yet. Uh, anyway, episode twenty four, Professor Tumway does an info dump to catch everybody up because it's <laughs> plot heavy. And if you missed a, the last couple of weeks, you definitely need this. Uh, and we finally get a mention of Master Pharaoh 90. Like, no one has said Master Pharaoh 90 up until this point. It's been... No, it's been mentioned. Have, oh, that's right. He was mentioned yeah. once He's been in mentioned. the lab explosion episode. Yeah, and it was mentioned a couple times. Where else was it mentioned? It's been... No. It's been... It was name-dropped a couple times. Just once that I recall. Okay. I thought it came up in the last episode at some point. Or with What's-Her-Face. No. Maybe. No, Vilui. I think Vilui mentions it. Anyways. Oh, maybe. I, it doesn't really I didn't matter. It. doesn't matter. It It's really barely been alluded to. And this episode is when we finally hear what it is and what it's going to do more clearly. Yeah. They need the Holy Grail in order to, like, connect the star systems to bring Master Pharaoh 93 because he's isolated there still. Yeah. We, we say he, but it's really not, like, a person. It's really, like... It kind of has this eldritch horror feel where it's just, like, this universe, you know? Mm-hmm. This, this universe is called Pharaoh 90, and it's, like, coming into our universe and it's going to consume it or something like that, you know? Yeah, it's definitely not, like, a presence. It's not like in the manga where it was, like, the sort of, like, disembodied Natalia-like presence. Yeah. Um, It's just, like, this source of destruction and devastation Mm -hmm. anyway moon and the inners show up at the ruins of moog and gaklin and they do their henshin and the outers are so uranus neptune pluto are up in a helicopter above it uh pluto looks conflicted because uranus and neptune are talking about how they got to murder a person and pluto looks conflicted yeah yeah well pluto has a lot more trust in in sailor moon and the inner senshi and Uranus and Neptune, for some reason, after all of their failures, still feel like uh, the inner sense you don't know what they're doing. Anyways. We'll get to that. <laughs> That's episode 125. It gets it um, gets worse. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, they're all approaching and Mistress Nine is like, no, no. And she decides to protect the building by activating all of like the spare Daimona eggs that Professor Tomoe had been making. Yeah. Uh, and they... Because they're not, like, fully realized diamonds, like, they just kind of explode into red goo, and it it's just a red ooze bleeding out of the building. Mm-hmm. It is incredibly creepy imagery. I'm like, oh, yes. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty cool. It, it It's one of those things where I'm like, that's right, like, Sailor Moon is kind of a horror anime. Yeah. I, we don't get it all the time, but, like, when it counts, like, at the end of a season, like, we get the horror. Yeah. They attack pretty indiscriminately. They're kind of, you know, and all of the century just, like, shout out their attacks. We get a moon spiral heart attack for, like, the first time in forever, which is nice. Mistress Nine is kind of weakened a little bit, but she figures they're pretty well protected. And she's like, I know who has the grail. And she opens up a portal 
and then reaches through with like a weird demon hand and then grabs Sailor Moon by the throat yeah and drags her in so to to clarify um location here so um Hotaru or rather Mr. Stein is inside the building or inside their the whatever their hold with Professor Tomoe uh the sailor senshi are on the outside of the building and trying to get in and getting obstructed by these blobular demons who do take on like a human-ish shape once they get on the outside but they're very gelatinous they can move from this human shape to this blob shape to you know more solid to more liquidy um so yeah so even though she's sending these to attack him she's not there she's not present so when she reaches through this portal it's really creepy because you just see this hand come out and that like the colors the textures they use on the hand are really interesting um but yeah she literally just grabs her by the throat and like they grab usagi to try to stop her from being pulled through so you see her only partially through the um the portal for a moment so like her body is like halfway out of view and then um, the daemon, like, finally attack the senshi again as, like, more of their forces come in. And that's when they lose hold of Sailor Moon. She totally gets pulled into, through this rift. Mm-hmm. And then the blood daemons kind of, like, pull back a little bit. And they they form, like, this bubble around the remains of the, the building from last time. And there's only, like, a star-shaped opening at the top. Mm-hmm. And it's like a dome now. That... Yeah, and so the outers are like, well, that's weird, and they start to descend, and then the bubble, instead of just, like, being a bubble, like, part of it reaches out, and you just see, like, those, like, kind of humanoidish blood diamonds, which is what I'm called, I call them blood diamonds, like, just push themselves out and up to the helicopter with, like, their horrible faces, and uh, explode it, mm-hmm. and then we cut to commercial. Yep. <laughs> and I cannot imagine the stress people were feeling. Right. <laughs> well, it doesn't get. I'm like, it doesn't get a whole lot better because we come back and everything's still exploding. But like, but Pluto has time frozen has time. Yeah, time has stopped. Pluto has frozen time, and uh, she Uranus and Neptune unfreeze, and they're like, "What is happening?" Yeah. And Pluto goes through the spiel that we got in the manga in the previous storyline where she's like, I've committed a taboo. I've stopped time. Um, And they're like, well, what's going to happen to you? She's like, don't worry about it. Bye. And so they they're kind of get. But she says like one of her last words is like when you see the true Messiah and then doesn't like finish it. And anyway, Uranus and Neptune like throw themselves out of, like, the helicopter explosion area. They... Uh, and then it explodes. Yeah, well, they... It seemed like they just got teleported inside. They got teleported well, inside the dome, inside the building, and then the explode explosion continues. Okay. Well, in any case, like, Uranus and Neptune... They're out. ...got away from the explosion. Yeah. Pluto did not. Pluto fully exploded. Yeah, I mean, we don't see her. We don't see her body. We... But no. she's gone. But we know. Long story short, she is dead now. Yeah. Uh, anyway, they're in the building. Uh, Mistress Nine is struggling a bit because Hotaru is still trying to break through. 
uh, and she's like suppressing her. Yeah, and it's because uh, she, she, for a moment, she's like, I will not let you use Shibuya's heart for evil, you know? Mm. So that that's kind of what's making her want to break through because she's like, no. Because like, Mr. Snine is like, haha, I've got the power of this pure heart. And Hotaru's inside her like, that's not your heart to use. Yeah, definitely. It's sweet. I really love how much Hotaru is like, you cannot use anything from Chibiusa yeah. for this. Mm-hmm. Um, but she she pushes Hatara down and then like shifts her image so she goes from like that beautiful like blue vest and like white skirt uh, into Hotaru in her school uniform because she's going to fool Sailor Moon in this image. Um, and then tells Professor Tomoe and calls him Germatoid. He's the Daimon Germatoid. So that's who's been possessing him this whole time. It's like you have to go and defeat all of the intruders. Or in English, so, uh, because you, in English, germatoid, but, you know, it's the same oh, thing. Oh! Yeah, like a germ. Germatoid. Interesting. Yeah. That, probably, that makes more sense. Yeah. Same person, though. Uh, anyway, the inners are stuck outside, so they decide to create a barrier around the barrier uh, to prevent any of, like, the blood diamonds. Because just because they formed that bubble, there's still some that are coming out. So they're like, well, we gotta protect the rest of Tokyo and put all our faith in Sailor Moon. So they create, like, a little square their powers to close the area yeah and they don't have a way to enter anymore because they mm-hmm. they had done a scan in the beginning to figure out how to get in and they and ami assessed that the only way to get in was like how they did at hotaru's house which was to um sailor teleport inside but since sailor moon got taken away from the group they lost the ability to enter so that's why they're basically doing damage control at this point and creating that that barrier around the outside. Mm-hmm. So we have we cut to a fake Ataru trying to get Sailor Moon to summon the Grail to help her. Uh, but while that's happening, Uranus and Neptune face off against Germatoid or Germatoid. Um, who physically throws himself out of Professor Tomoe's body, so Tomoe, like, falls to the ground, no longer has the weird eye thing, and it's just kind of like this, um, it's like one of the petty soldiers from Power Rangers. Yeah. (laughs) And, like, he duplicates himself, and, like, really, like, starts to beat the crap out of Uranus and Neptune, um, but then the two of them hear Pluto's voice saying something about the talismans, and then the Space Sword and the Deep Aqua Mirror appear, uh, and they use them to kill Germatoid. Yeah, well, the thing is, their attacks were having, like, zero effect, and when Neptune uses her mirror, it reveals that most of them were just illusions, and it reveals which one was the real one. And then Uranus was able to use her sword to just kill him outright, you know? Yeah, it was great. Like, Uranus, like, runs forward and just, like, throws her sword into his, like, one big eye. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's satisfying. The music's really great. I do have to say, like, these couple, like, episodes 123, 124, and 125 have amazing animation. All of the budget was for these three episodes. Yeah. Yeah, it's Like, the animation is on point. Mm Mm-hmm. This is it's truly beautiful. this is where you see the fan art come in. This is what people make the fan art of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so I think the Sailor Moon redraw happens at episode one twenty five. I'll point it out when we get there. Anyway, Fake Hotaru almost convinces Sailor Moon, uh, but she calls Sailor Moon Isagi. Yeah, and Sailor Moon stops and she is like, "Hotaru doesn't know that I'm Usagi Sakino. 
Yeah. You're not Hotaru. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, Hotaru's like, I'm dying! I need the Holy Grail! That's the only way I'll be saved! And please help me, Usagi! And she's like, oh, how do you know I'm Usagi? You know, it's like, eh! <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, so she reveals herself as Mr. Snide, and then Uranus and Neptune arrive at the same moment, and uh, want to mm-hmm. fight her, and Usagi still wants to protect her, obviously. Yeah. And Mr. Snide turns around and, like, shows off the Tau system that's approaching and Master Baron ID. That's the end of episode 124. Mm-hmm. It leads right into 125. 125, we see, like, this little spark of light and we hear Hokoto saying, I'm sorry. And then Mr. Snide is like, finally, she's dead. Uh, and then info dumps. <laughs> yeah. It's, Can I'm, you- I'm not going to go into that. <laughs> <laughs> Basically... Pharaoh 90, the Tau system, they're going to enter this universe, and this universe will basically be destroyed, which is the silence, you know, cease to exist, and mm-hmm. everything will die. And that's that's yeah. uh, that's about the gist of it, right? Pretty much. Uh, anyway, Uranus and Neptune attack her. Uh, Sailor Moon gets in the way and takes the hits, uh, saying, like, sh- no, there has to be a way to save Hataru, and Mr. Shine is like, oh, you guys are idiots. And uses her hair to lash Uranus and Neptune to, like, this big statue. Yeah. Um, of, like, a woman with, like, a robe around her holding, like, one arm in the air with a star on her chest. And she's like, hey, Sailor Moon, if you don't give me the grail, I'm gonna murder these guys. Sailor Moon hesitates, and Uranus and Neptune are like, oh, let us die. And they're even like, we will be so pissed if you hand it over to her right now. Just so you know, <laughs> if you save our lives, like, we will be so angry. Uh, anyway, Professor Tomoe, like, a fully human Professor Tomoe, like, comes in calling out for Hotaru and, like, goes up to Mr. Snide and, like, begs Hotaru for forgiveness. And Mr. Snide chokes him, too. And that's when you re- find out that Hotaru's not dead because she's like, you are not allowed to kill my father. Yeah. You cannot kill my papa. And um, stops her from doing that and kind of loosens the hold a little bit on Uranus and Neptune. On all the characters. Um, At this point, Sailor Moon is like, I'm not going to kill you because you're Hotaru and you're very dear to Chibiusa. So I'm going to give you the grail. And so she henshins, she pulls out the grail, and she literally, and she hands it to Professor Tomoe. Well, Hotaru is- And Uranus and Neptune are screaming. Yeah, Hotaru, again, is, you know, she's in the- She's using Hotaru's voice again. And again, she's saying, please, daddy, please, I'll die without it. You know, she's saying she'll die without the grail. So that's why, mm-hmm. like, Usagi finally relents is, and it's like, here, I'll give you the because grail. Professor Tomoe is asking for it. Yeah. So she hands it over. To save his daughter. Uranus and Neptune are screaming at her. I put in my notes, uh, the, this whole episode is where 90% of the budget went. This is <laughs> the this point, like, where... Sailor, there's this is the episode where all of the Sailor Moon redraws come from because that's just like mm-hmm. one still of like Sailor Moon looking sad, and that's like the Sailor Moon redraw Twitter hashtag. Mm-hmm. So, like, as soon as I saw that, I was like, ah, I was like, there's the frame. Yeah, it's very rare that I get to like watch Sailor Moon and recognize the meme, right? I wish there were more Sailor Moon memes, anyway. <laughs> Uh, yeah, hands over the grail, uh, Mr. Snide puts it into, like, whatever, it, like, Uranus at this point screams that, like, 
Sailor Moon has no right to hand it over because she's not even the real messiah. And I'm sitting there as it does a f- close up on the grail and there's like at least two moons on it. <laughs> I'm like, buddy, have you seen the grail? She she does not get the program yet. Anyway, it's I'm just I'm <clears throat> anyway. Uh Mr. Stein takes the grail from Professor Tomoe. She puts it into the machine they have. The machine uses the energy to bring Master Pharaoh 90. And, like, stuff, like, gets blasted. Like, Mr. Like Mistress 9 gets blasted by Master Pharaoh 90. And, like, Usagi basically shields her and Professor Tomoe because there's such a strong blast of energy from Master Pharaoh 90. Yeah. Professor Tomoe is still calling out to Hotaru, and he's having, like, father-daughter flashbacks so like when Hotari was little it's just very cute and very sweet and like my heartstrings are pulled um and at this point Sailor Saturn breaks through where like there's no Hotari there's no Mistress Nine there's just Sailor Saturn and the star on Mistress Nine's forehead is torn apart to reveal the symbol for Saturn yeah, I thought that was really cool when they were fighting control, because, like, you'd have Mistress Nine, and you'd have Hotaru, and as they flickered back and forth, the, the black star would appear and disappear on her forehead until it's finally shattered by the the symbol of uh, mm-hmm. of Saturn, which was really cool. And It gave me chills. Yeah, it's a really cool shot, just to see him go back and forth, and then to see it just bam, and then after the symbol shatters... Her whole body just kind of shatters along with it. And that's mm-hmm. when, like, just a spectral version of her appears in front of um, Mamoru, uh, who's still holding Chibiusa. And gives back Chibiusa's heart crystal. <laughs> uh, and tells her, you know, say thank you. And, they're lo- and, like, Mamoru's like, what is happening? She's like, I have business to take care of. And, like, we don't get a solid Sailor Saturn. She's just kind of in a spectral form. And she appears, and she she's so, she is solid when she turn returns to Sailor Moon, but her oh is she yeah, yeah yeah oh yeah but she's in a spectral form when she presents herself to um, Mamoru in Chibiusa, and she thanks Sailor Moon for working so hard to save her body. Uh, she's like, I am known as the Senshi of Destruction because I have the power to destroy planets, but using this power uh, will destroy me. And her glaive appears. And she is like, I have work to do. And Sailor Moon's like, no, there has to be a way to save you. And she's like, whatever. And then backflips into Master Pharaoh 90. Yeah, it's basically like this big, like, nucleus almost. You know, you've got this yeah. this dimension, this, like, galaxy-type thing. And then at the core of it is this kind of fiery-looking nucleus. Not quite like a sun or a star or anything like that. It's kind of hard to describe. But yeah, she goes into basically the core of it. And um, Usagi desperately wants to help her and desperately is trying to get in there, but the power is is too powerful. It's too strong and it repels her. I want to say Kotono Mitsuishi does some of her best work here because the raw, jagged despair as Sailor Moon screams crisis makeup trying to become Super Sailor Moon Mm -hmm. so she can help Sailor Saturn. It was so emotional. Like, episode 125 just, like, punched the crap out of me emotionally. Um, And she's just so desperate because she doesn't want anybody to be destroyed. Yeah. And 
with that emotion, like, it reaches out. And, like, the diamonds out, the blood diamonds outside are, like, growing stronger. Like, they actually break through a little bit and, like, attack the inner. So, like, they're literally biting them. And uh, the emotion of Sailor Moon connects with all of her senshi, outers and inners. And they give her the power to transform. And it's not the stock transformation. Yeah. It's a completely different henshin. And it's so well done. Yeah. So to clarify, of course, she's already Sailor Moon. But she's begging desperately to try to transform into Super Sailor Moon. But because the Grail was destroyed when uh, Mistress Nine uh, finally released the Tau system, released Pharaoh 90... She can't transform into Super Sailor Moon. So that's why it's cool. Like, it, her willpower and the, the will of the inner senshi, it, it, like, summons her heart crystal. And the outer and senshi, the because their, their tiaras also glow. Oh, that's right. So it, it causes her heart crystal to be revealed, which actually has her finally transform into this form, which makes the butterfly imagery that we've had all along for the Super Sailor Moon form um, look really cool, make more sense, kind of come together as mm-hmm. it's this metamorphosis. And it is a really pretty sequence. Um, and it's nice to kind of see that come together. Uh, <laughs> yeah, look, it's... A gorgeous sequence. They had mentioned in um, leading up to the situation, they had mentioned before the Grail had been handed over, was that the only way they'd be able to defeat uh, Pharaoh 90 after the Grail had been handed over is if a heart as pure, I mean, that was more pure than the Grail itself to defeat it. And, uh, but Mistress Nine was like, oh, but no such a, no such pure heart crystal exists. Nothing is going to be more powerful than the Grail. Well, here's Usagi. (laughs) Uh, dumb of mind, pure of heart. Yes. (laughs) Anyway, Super Sailor Moon dives in. Um, Master Pharaoh 90 is defeated. Like, it's a whole thing. I can't describe it. Just watch the episode. <laughs> but if he is defeated. Everything is over. Uranus and Neptune are on the ground. The inners, like, no longer have to hold the barrier. The diamonds are all gone. We don't know what's happening. And Uranus is, like, thinking at this point Sailor Moon is dead. Like, shouts out, like, was everything we did meaningless? And, like, I literally shouted out the TV. Yes! Like, Every choice you have made in this season has been wrong. Basically. <laughs> and it's just at Uranus. Because every time <laughs> Neptune tries to reel her back in, Uranus is like, no, this is the right way. And it's like, ma'am, you are not an experienced senshi. Shitty Moon has more experience. Maybe you should defer to the people who've been doing this for longer. Anyway. Yeah, but it is really cool because the whole time this orb at the center, this nucleus has been expanding and we see like little explosions. So we know there's a battle going on, but we don't see this fight. And then the expand the the expansion stops. It stops expanding and then it dissipates entirely. And you see like the sky had turned red and like there's all this darkness everywhere and this crater has was formed where this orb had been 
and it recedes, it dissipates, and that, that crater fills with ocean water, and the sky clears up, and and everything kind of um, turns back into this peaceful scene where the rubble is there, but it's still now. And the sky is filled with like a glittering cluster of butterflies. And that's where Sailor Moon appears and descends with this baby in her arms. Yeah, and that's how the episode ends. Her eyes look creepily blank with her holding a baby in her arms. Yeah, like she's scarred. <laughs> Once again. She's, she's, she's been through a lot. Episode 126. I fucking hate this episode. We, can we like do a shorthand version of this one? Because really, not a lot actually happens. I am going to summarize as much as possible. Um, I hate this episode because it cut because it starts like where we left off, which is like Sailor Moon holding a baby, Uranus and Neptune are right there. And then the inners come running up to check on Sailor Moon. And then it immediately cuts to like Chibiusa waking up and it's just Mamoru, Ma- Usagi and the inners. And they're like, hey, and she's like, where's Hotaru? Is she alive? And they're like, she might be alive somewhere. And I'm just screaming like, what about the baby? Yeah, we don't see the where's baby. Where's the baby? And, like, nothing. And then Shibiusa goes to school and then goes on a school trip. And I'm like, what the fuck is happening? And then we cut to Michiru and Haruka in a restaurant. And Michiru's bottle-feeding baby Hotaru. Yeah. And then they're like, let's give her... It's like, it's too bad we can't be a family of three. Again, I'm screaming. And they go to the hospital where Professor Tomoe has been recovered. Because remember, he's not dead. And he's literally in a wheelchair. He only has the use of one arm. Like, his other arm is in a sling. He's got bandages around his head and his legs. Like, he's clearly in a long-term care facility. And then they show up. Like, Michiru and Erika just show up. And the nurse is like, what a cute baby. Of course you can give an infant to a severely disabled and injured man. Yeah. They say that he's, they say that he's got amnesia, and but they're confident he's going to make a recovery. So they, yeah. they're saying but that he's lost he's he's lost memory concerning the last few years. But yeah, you don't scream. I hear it coming. <laughs> but like literally like Michiru puts it in his arms and in the arm that is bandaged and I'm just like here you go. Um What the fuck is happening? Yeah, but the, Again, the, the nurse is perfectly fine with this. Like literally needs Michiru to his room to give him a baby. I'm like, I don't it's this isn't like a therapy dog. Yeah. There's a cute scene that follows though, because um Chibiusa's hat flies off in the park while she's out with the friends, and for a moment she sees like a like a spectral ghost version of Pluto who reveals that um Hotaru has been reincarnated, like confirms that for her. Then she disappears. Confirms well, first of all, she confirms first that she's dead. I'm no longer in this world. Yeah. So Chibius is like, uh, my best, like my first best friend is dead. And then it's like, it's cool because Hotaru has been reborn and then vanishes. Yeah. And uh. then, um, so Professor Tomoe is like, he's, and again, in his wheelchair, he's in the park and he, he catches the hat and he, he, um, calls out, oh, is this yours? And Chibiusa walks over and she sees who it is. She sees that it's Hotaru's father and sees the baby Hotaru and realizes who she is, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's really cute. And he, he has to leave, and so she doesn't get a long time to, like, chat or bond, but, like, he seems friendly yeah. and, like, normal again. 
that that is literally the only good part of this episode because next we go to like the inners at Mugengakuen in the ruins and Ami's like, yeah, there's no sign of any alternate dimensions. Like everything is closed yeah. up here. Like it's it's just a normal sight. And Usagi's like sitting off away from the others, like being sad. And Ray literally just screams at her to cheer up. Yeah, they're also they're kind they're trying to find traces of Hotaru as well, mm-hmm. and which is so weird because I'm like. What about the baby? Yeah. You saw the baby. Yeah, yeah. And, and, there's, and support... there's no acknowledgement. Well, Usagi in one scene says something like, I don't understand. I know she's still alive. For a moment, I felt her warmth in my arms or something like that. Something along that line. Yeah. But again, it's very brief. And that it, it's like... And it's, it, and it's, it's okay doesn't... for Usagi to not be sure. But there were six other people who 100% saw a baby in her arms. Yeah, and they... Like, the cuts, the cuts in this episode are, make it so jarring that it's like, okay, can you expand on that? You know, but they just hop to a different scene. It's, um, it's so weird. Anyway, like, the cats notice Haruka's car, we hear Michiru playing the violin, they show up, they're antagonistic, and Mako rightfully calls them out on their shit, saying, like, they've always been terrible, and they're still terrible, and then Uranus and Neptune are like, yeah, fight us. And so they all transform, and, like, the inners and the outers fight, and then Usaki's like, please don't fight, and then Uranus and Neptune are like, if you don't want us to fight, then, like, transform and make us detransform. Yeah, proof. And so she's like, okay. And basically, the way they play it off as, because eventually what happens is uh, Tuxedo Mask shows up, too, and it winds up being encouraged for Sailor Moon to fight against Neptune and Uranus on her own. And they justify this by saying she needs to prove that she is worthy of being the future Neo Queen Serenity. So she's basically fighting them to gain their um, respect, which ultimately she does. Which, uh, ultimately, it, I mean, it's they, it's still complete bullshit. This is the first time like the Ginsui show is like really kind of mentioned because like her brooch glows and it's clearly the Ginsui show. Yeah, and she kind of and she repels them and she's like transform yeah yeah and um like tuxedo mask throwing his rose and being like don't interfere she has to fight them i was just like oh you were doing so well yeah it was <laughs> it was it's really forced it's really contrived it's really annoying it like i understand it's pointless i i, like, I understand that they've been having them be so antagonistic that i feel like they were like well how are we going to resolve this like there's so many other ways they could have done it better but I think that's what they were trying to do with this. It, um, it's such a Vegeta Goku movie. Uh, it very much is. But they, they finally, they kneel down to her and acknowledge her. And then they leave. Um, supposedly yeah. forever. We don't know. They don't say. I they don't, just leave. I cannot believe and, that like Uranus and Neptune leave and I'm happy about yeah, it. Yeah, but they do tell the them that, oh, by the way, your um Saturn is alive, you know, Hotaru is alive, and they're uh Sailor Moon and the others are relieved. And that's pretty much where the episode ends. Um Yeah. Uh episode one twenty seven is nice because I was so furious watching episode one twenty seven. Yeah. Uh, 127 is also like just resolving the action from this season just resolutions um last episode was very annoying this one this one again felt very short it was not very story heavy 
but um no but i liked it it was yeah. Im- important emotional work being done because chibiusa gets a letter from the future from her mom being like anyway please come home yeah <laughs> and so like mama usagi in the inner is like i think and i don't think this was like a wrong leap of logic they assumed that chibiusa would want her mom considering everything that happened mm-hmm. you know it's like she probably does miss home like a bunch of terrible shit just went down and, like, Usagi's like, should we throw her a farewell party? Because, like, they just assume that Chibiusa would want to go home. Chibiusa doesn't want to go back to Crystal Tokyo. But because no one's, like, talked about it, like, every, like, Chibiusa's feelings are hurt. Like, she genuinely thinks, like, oh, they can't wait to get rid of me. She She's interpreting it as, wow, you're so happy that I'm leaving that you're throwing a party to celebrate me going, you know? <laughs> and it's like, oh, this poor like, baby does not understand. It's so sad. Like, she literally goes to Mamoru and is like, does everybody hate me? Is that why you're so happy to see me go? And he was like, no, that's not what a goodbye party's for. <laughs> it's such a sad moment where she's like, is that why? Like, because you hate me? Yeah. He's like, I don't know how to respond to this. Yeah, but they do have a good talk. And even though, like, at the party, she's fairly depressed. Like, they have gifts for her. Um, it's so sweet but meanwhile we kind of cut to elsewhere and we see like there's one of these daemon eggs left and it like crawls its way over it like gains its blobby form to the daemon microwave yeah the daemon microwave and like it goes inside and fuses with it and becomes like this almost like a robot thing version of it but yeah it's just like a mindless daemon Shouting pure heart. Yeah, I feel like this part of it was, like, very unimportant to the story. I think it's just kind of like, we need to fulfill our quota of a monster of the week, you know? Because it's really... <laughs> we need to have at least one battle. We need a fight in this episode somewhere. Um. So, yeah, they give her... They, they give Chibiusa the gifts, and she they have this tearful goodbye as Chibiusa goes back to the future. And it's really cute. So... Chibiusa actually runs away from all of them. She's like, I want to go by myself. Like, so to go back to the presents, it's very sweet. Like, everybody gives, like, really thoughtful and meaningful presents, except for Mamori, who just gives her a rosebud. <laughs> Literally, my notes is, in quotes, in uh, parentheses, cheap as fuck, dude. Uh, and Usagi, like, sewed her a rabbit backpack using one so of the dresses. Cute. Like, her favorite dresses as a child to make this backpack for her child. And I'm like, this is so incredibly sweet in, like, the best kind of way. It's very lovely. And, like, Chivisa has a little backpack. She's like, I'm going to go. And she, like, goes to, like, a, a pier. And she uses the time key to go home. And, like, as she's, like, floating up into the air, like, Usaki runs after her. And is, like, pours out all of her emotions in words. And, like, they both, like, have, like, a really tearful goodbye. And then Chivisa gets sucked up into the sky. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's lovely. Uh, and It's not like a pier. It's like a little dock on a lake. It's very... Very yeah. small, oh, secluded yeah. area but, in the park, it seems. Yeah, it's very sweet. It is very sweet. Um, anyway, they get alerted to, like, this daimon randomly going after pure hearts. Um, everybody shows up to beat the crap out of it. And um, Sailor Moon is like, I don't even have the grail to become Super Sailor Moon to defeat this. And uh, then Chibi Moon falls from the sky, <laughs> does a pink sugar heart attack. Fucking love pink sugar heart attack. <laughs> It's um, still not super effective, but hey, she shows up. But it up. provides a distraction 
It provides a distraction, and Tuxedo Mask tells Sailor Moon, like, look, you've still got it, you can still do it, you can still defeat this monster. And she does a Moon Spiral Heart Attack, which does defeat the Daimon, and her faith is renewed that uh, she has the power to defeat such things. And then Luna P shows up with another letter from Neo Queen Serenity, thanking Chibisa for the gifts that she brought back with her, um, and hopes that she learns more in the past. And to bring more gifts in the future. Yeah, and bring more stuff. (laughs) Yeah. It's really cute. It's a really sweet episode. It's definitely a nice way to end a season compared to, like, the way Sailor Moon R ended, where, like, the last episode was literally, like, a clip show with voiceovers of the next season about, like, what's going to happen. Um, We get, like, one terrible Ray moment in episode 127 where she's scolding Usagi uh, about the backpack that she made saying like it looks like a dog well, and then, it like, didn't start out with her scolding at least in english it seems like um she was just like oh what a cute puppy backpack in in english they were saying puppy she's like oh what a cute mm. puppy backpack and usagi gets pissed off because she assumes she's teasing her because she always does you know and she's like mm-hmm. it's not a puppy clearly it's a bunny and she's like well i don't know it looks like a puppy and then they start fighting you know, she's like, I was trying to give you a compliment because it looks like a cute puppy backpack, you know. Um, but like, Ray, her name is Usagi. Her daughter's name is Usagi. Obviously. Well, it's an Usagi. And you don't have to get upset back. Like, you'd be like, oh, 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 you're OK. I saw it from the wrong angle. It's really cute, though. Usagi, it's really cute. You know, <laughs> just reiterate the fact that you think it's cute and she worked hard on it that's very important you don't have to get angry back when when you frazzle somebody you know (laughs) she does like slap a band-aid onto Sagi's hand and is like at least take care of like clearly like you hurt yourself trying to make yeah at least take care of she does come back around which is it is nice but at the same time it's just like ray can be nice without having to be an asshole first yeah really though i don't like normalizing that type of behavior I don't either. Anyway, that's, like, the one bad thing in episode 127. Yeah. And it doesn't last very long. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, that's the end of Sailor Moon we S. Made like, it. we made it. I'm surprised they fit in, like, six chapters into, like, three episodes. I feel like all of the plot happened in, like, six episodes. So, like, half of last week's episode and half of this week's episode. Yeah. Like... It genuinely feels like episodes 119 to 125. Like, that's it. That's the whole story. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was fun. I definitely enjoyed this season a lot more than Sailor Moon R. Um, it oh, had yeah. some really strong moments. And then there were a lot of times it dropped the ball as well. Mm-hmm. There was... I wish they had just let Uranus and Neptune be friends with them. Yeah. I found... I found Pluto's sacrifice to not mean as much. Uh-huh. It was less out of love and more out of duty. Right. She still, yeah, she did you know? not get to have much of a personality. She doesn't have, you know, likes. And even compared to Neptune and Uranus, she doesn't have any obvious likes or dislikes or goals or hobbies or aspirations she just or existence yeah she shows up she's a grown-up lady she has some kind of a job so she doesn't even have the opportunity to go to school she doesn't even have a job she's just like sailor pluto 
Yeah. Like, this isn't, like, a reborn Pluto, like, in the manga, where it was, like, she was reborn as Hatsune Maya, who had, like, a regular civilian life, who went to school, who's, like, in college, she is studying. Yeah. And then real finds out she's a Sailor Guardian. Like, it's, she's just the same Sailor Pluto from the Time Gate. So she has, like, millennia of experience and, like, does not use it well. Yeah. So it's, it's just really, she's just there. And it's kind of frustrating because I would have liked to have seen them do more with her, but they don't. Um, they never do. It, so I'm just going to spoil that for everyone. <laughs> when you see her again, they really fully 100% waste Pluto yeah. in the original anime. Yeah. Uh, they also do that to Saturn. So. And it's it's unfortunate. <laughs> you know, they, they did so good with um, Michiru and Haruka in the beginning of the season. And then I feel mm-hmm. like uh, there was still some iffiness there, um, especially before they had their memory or anything like that. A lot of their antagonism mm-hmm. could be forgiven early on because of their lo- lack of memory, their lack of direction, you know? But once mm-hmm. their once their purpose had been revealed, once their memories had been given to them, once they knew who Sailor Moon was, you know, the the future Queen Serenity. I wish they had stopped being assholes. Like... Yeah, the second the talismans were revealed, we should have had, like, one episode of, like, nervous antagonism, and then they should have been like, okay, we should be allies. Yeah. And then you could have had the schism again when they found Hotaru and be like, oh, we gotta kill this guy. Yeah, yeah. But instead... But they should... They're on the same side. And we stopped getting them as people. You know, we only saw them as antagonists on the battlefield. We really stopped getting their personalities. We stopped seeing them as students, you know? We stopped mm-hmm. seeing them outside of uh, of being senshi. So they, they lost their, their personhoods, you know? So Yeah. But we'll go into that more in their episodes later. Yeah. Yep. So. But, uh, yeah. I Otherwise... I again I like this season a lot more than last season. I can see why this was the iconic season in the US. Um mm-hmm. because I would say the um the Dark Kingdom arc and this arc, the Deathbusters arc, are probably what had the most impact here in the United States. Um mm-hmm. and I can see why, because this the story's a lot stronger, the characters are a lot stronger compared to mm-hmm. the the monsters of the week are a lot more interesting yeah 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 they were fun they were fun they had so some of yeah. them had some very distinct personality and that was fun mm-hmm. i really i enjoyed every diamond yeah so well, anyways i don't think that's something that i can say for like every other season of yeah there's a lot of like, mo- every diamond yeah so good there's a lot of monsters that can just be ignored but yeah, yeah, those are those are my closing thoughts on this season before we move on to um, the next few episodes where we'll be talking about characters and whatnot. Do you want to talk about that? What, what we're, we're going from here? Yeah, so the next few episodes will be us doing character deep dives. So we'll go um, one century at a time. Maybe we'll probably uh, group the inners together like we did last time because... In both the manga and the anime, there there's not really too much to say about all of them individually. Um, and we'll probably have a separate episode for Mamoru this time, because I feel like there's a lot more to say about him. Uh, and we'll determine whether, like, how we're going to handle the outers, if we're going to lump 
Uranus and Neptune together and Pluto and Saturn together, or if we're going to do like Chibiusa and Hatari together because they're so intricately tied to each other. Yeah, we'll we'll figure that out as we start coming up with our scripts. But yeah, that's the general mm-hmm. idea of what to expect next. <laughs> yeah, um, and I just want to say, like, as of recording this episode, um, I think we're like three days out of the head of lettuce beating Liz Truss, uh, outliving her term as prime minister. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm really enjoying the lettuce memes. Just wanted to give everybody kind of like a point of view on where we were at when this was being recorded. Okay. Yay. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Twitter at Oshiokiopod or contact us through email at oshiokiothepodcast at gmail.com. All that information is in our show notes. Thanks to Barbara Daly for the use of her artwork. Please rate and review us wherever you find us. Or, tsukini gawate. Oshiokio! Oshiokio!